Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real-life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses. If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years, we've each been in business. We've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sisterhood. You can do it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Small Business Sisters. We're so excited to be here. We feel like it's, well, no, not we feel like it. It has been (laughs) several weeks Mm -hmm. since we put out an episode, but... um, Lots of life happenings, as you heard in the episode right before this. Um, There's just lots of shifting going on. And I think that's the passion of Christina and mine in sharing our journey on Small Business Sisters is it it is very real life and raw and like things change, things pivot. And it doesn't mean you're like less of a small business or it doesn't need to mean anything. You just do it. And we're here for you. But we're so excited to have our first interview um, with Ellen from Start Something Studio in Batavia, Illinois. She does well, – you're the creative director. I mean, you you help with, like, social media trainings, um, Canva trainings, all kinds of things, branding, finding your voice. She's just amazing, and I just love her. She is always my, like, go-to um, at the older I get. So I'm much older than Ellen also. Yeah. <laughs> starting to feel old. Um, but she's my go-to, like, style confidence booster because the older I get, I'm starting to embrace this, like, weird it's okay to be me style even if, you know, I'm not following any quote-unquote rules. And Ellen is always my person I text to, like, all right, here's what I'm wearing. And she gives the best moral support. Like, you can do it. So I love, I love her. Call, and she has – We call it the Miss Frizzle style. <laughs> yeah, my Miss Frizzle. I'm in my Miss Frizzle era. Never leave um, it. And amazing. I love it. I've never felt more yep. like myself. So <laughs> There's nobody that doesn't love Miss Frizzle. No, okay, but I'm finding there are people that don't know her. And I don't know if it's, like, right – above my age so like mid 40s because like kelly at desmond brown she doesn't know miss frizzle i was like how do you know i was like i didn't have the show i had the books didn't everyone have the books i don't we had the books i had the books i didn't have I the, show. the show i guess well, then i had the show, the show. <laughs> but anyway i so i'm i'm finding it my life's journey to, or mission to introduce people to miss frizzle and it's just magical, so, Jen. A very she has Z's in her name. Uh, Z's, yes. Um, so long tangent, but Ellen, welcome. Thank We're you. We're so excited <laughs> to have you. Thank you so You're much. You're wonderful. Um, thanks for being our first interview when we're a little rusty. I feel like you <laughs> make us feel safe. <laughs> Excuse the dog noise in the background. <laughs> He's trying to bust in the room. I'm dogs. so happy. I'm so excited to be here and just chat with you guys. So I know you have done so many things. So will you kind of just start off um, 
that's what we love about our audience. Everybody's kind of in different points of their journey and different industries, different things. So will you kind of like talk about your journey in everything? Yeah, of course. (laughs) So um, I studied art, um, visual art at SIU down in Carbondale. Um, But I grew up in Batavia. So I've always kind of been aware of the small business circuit um, thing. And, you know, I'm 31. I've watched sort of this progression in town um, and this growth in this really cool way. So after studying art, uh, I came back to Batavia and I kind of walked through the garden, so to speak, in terms of industries that I was working in. Um, The first small business sort of introduction that I came into was was in petroleum. So something that, you know, is wildly... (laughs) Very far from what I'm doing currently. Um, So petroleum, I've been in uh, education, um, apparel, styling, merchandising. So I've sort of had this unique experience of being able to get my toes wet for a few years at a time in wildly different industries. You know, petroleum was very much a boys club. Uh, Yeah. What did you do in petroleum? um, Just accounts receivable, accounts payable. So it was um, working with a lot of construction companies and uh, that sort of thing. So it was, I had to have like a really tough outer shell (laughs) in order to make it. Um, In education, I was uh, assisting with a small private music education um, apparel. I used to work for Levi's, so I was doing merchandising and um, sales leads, that sort of thing. So totally different industries, totally different audiences. And the one sort of common denominator that I was finding, aside from the petroleum, was I <laughs> there was really no there. You know? That like segue. I got some good. What like, does I got petroleum some good humor really out do? of it? But that's about it. But. The common denominator aside from that was that much like you, Jenny, when we would connect, I loved helping people find their voice or hearing people say like, oh, this just feels like me or like just that, just that personal expression. So moving into just over a year ago, um, Start Something Studio opened up. So it's a small woman-owned digital marketing company. Um with. And actually, our audience has heard both from Lisa and Jamie. Oh, excellent. So <laughs> they are incredible. Lisa does all of the website development. She's always on SEO. Some of the things that she says, I'm like, where did it? <laughs> the, the information I know, in yeah, it's head. like another language. And Jamie, and always more big picture things. But I've known Jamie, um, our younger, my older sister, her younger sister grew up being pals. So I've known Jamie for like 20 years. Um, but when the studio was sort of in this concept phase, she reached out to me and asked if I would want to hop on with them. And I said, totally. <laughs> she goes, well, we're starting the studio. What do you want to do? Because we want you to come into it, which was such a flattering. So I joined in with them when we started. Um, initially we were, my role was more social media management um, social media consulting, that sort of thing. As time has progressed, progressed, I've moved more into small business consulting, design consulting. So working more in the actual development of design, which is 
that's my sweet spot. That's where I'm happy. So creating designs for businesses, whether for print media or digital media or their website, just something that represents them and feels good to them and it isn't generic. So it's tying in that piece of like helping people identify with what it is they're putting out into the world because there mm-hmm. is there's so many generic pieces of imagery and media out there and especially with small business it's important to really identify and to really connect with what it is you're putting out otherwise we find that people burn out if you don't feel connected to what you're doing and you don't feel that love and passion for it it's a recipe to burn out real fast so that's mm-hmm. sort of where my I've found my niche over the year um, within the studio to be. And you're really good at that, just oh, as an you. outsider. <laughs> but, uh, I and I like in that story how all the th- I, I'm a very like magical find all the signs thing, and I love that you studied art mm-hmm. in college. And so, like, the design piece is coming back, but that also showed up, like, in your styling and merchandising. I'm realizing, like, I consider myself a creative person, but there really is an art to merchandising that I think people take for granted because I don't – I'm not as great at that. And, like, Brittany in Wilson Street Mercantile with us, she also has a background in merchandising, and I was feeling, like, really funky about my display. And to see her be so excited to, like – put it together and know like what looks good together. It really made me appreciate there is definitely an art to that. So I like how that ties in then mm-hmm. with you helping small businesses in their design, mm-hmm. um, not not just in their display, but in their brand voice, like how they show up. Yeah. And there's um, a lot of psychology to it as well um, when it comes to what the consumer experience is. So there's that visual piece of it. And then there's, well, specifically with merchandising, of course, like, what do I want that journey to look like? So thinking about what, how do I want, what, what emotions or thoughts do I want to evoke in the person who's viewing us? So mm. it, it's an interesting sort of intersection of psychology and art that I just think is really fascinating to play around with. So if someone is wanting to rebrand their business or they're getting a little further into their business where they realize, oh, this logo that I, I picked just to get off the ground running really doesn't uh, suit my business and what it represents and the feelings I want people to have. What would be your first piece of advice of how do they, how do they start with choosing like a brand look or a brand vibe? Yeah. So, and that's a pretty decent bulk of, of my day um, often with our clients or with members. Um, It really starts with a conversation. And so, I want to get a background on why you started your business. I want to get a little bit of history on what the progression has looked like. I want to know about your product. I want to know about your customers. And from that, we develop, uh, we often chat about color theory, color psychology. So for example, if you're a spa and your color, your brand color is bright red, the psychology of that doesn't quite match. So Usually it's, you know, that red is an alarming color and we would want to maybe direct more towards a green or a blue. So often it starts with just a conversation. Um, And then from there, what I would do is just pull pieces from that conversation 
and apply visual elements that make sense um, to certain things. But if you're a person who, and you're exactly right, Christina, it's usually people or business owners who are like, I just needed a logo to start. I mean, I, I was just ready to go, didn't put a lot into it. It's a Canva logo or whatever. But now that I've got my legs a little bit, I want it to be more refined. That's super common. Um, Mm -hmm. it just comes down to looking at your logo and seeing, do I want all of my branding and my marketing to match or to look like this logo? And if the answer is no, that would be a good time to rebrand. Um, or if it just simply doesn't, you don't feel pride or excitement when you share imagery like that. So it's a very, very common thing. I think it's, I think it's a healthy practice for businesses to reevaluate their brand, at least on a yearly basis. I wouldn't say to rebrand every year, um, but I would say, you know, small tweaks, whether it's your font or a shade within your color. Um, I think it's a healthy practice just to make sure that it maintains some integrity for you and it feels like you. Um, but that's generally, I mean, like I said, that's, that's a huge bulk of, of what we do at the studio. Yeah, I feel like that's a really good point because even if you don't – because I'm thinking of my brand, for example, like my logo has – I mean, I have my logo tattooed on me, so like <laughs> so it's not I'm obsessed either. with my logo. Um, but definitely like elements of it has shifted. I'll notice – I mean, my brand is so intertwined with me, Jenny, too. So like when I go through – I, I I like melancholy a lot and I can notice like my not only my voice in how I'm showing up like in captions or product descriptions gets like a little bit moodier in the fall my pictures kind of take like a muted color tint and then there are times where it's like brighter so it's still my essence but like those things can shift and I can see how like you would be helpful to be like okay so maybe we're going to go with these colors, but still make it look like you and how those pieces can shift each year, even if your essence stays like the same. Yeah. I mean, the, the phrase or the word that I use often is flavor. So your business or whatever it is that you're putting out, like I said, print media, digital media on your website, it's still going to have the flavor of Illuminate. But the the color schemes, um, you know, the styling that can sort of ebb and flow a little bit topically or seasonally, whatever happens to make sense. But I think a lot of times we get nervous and we feel like we're tied to these four brand colors and this particular, you know, exact styling, which I always encourage playing around a little bit with it and having some flexibility can you talk a little bit about um, the color psychology and like maybe some broad examples for people listening of like colors that do represent certain things? Yeah, absolutely. If they were looking for colors. I love color psychology. I love um, digging into that with our clients and even just kind of independently researching it. I think it's fascinating. Um, certain colors just evoke emotions in ourselves and it goes back to our infancy and the toys and the things that we interact with as infants and as we continue to grow so it's something that is truly and it's ingrained in our head and it's kind of subconscious so um an example would be uh the color blue 
So the color blue, we often think of, this is an interesting example, actually, because it has two sides. So the color of blue, often we can think of water, we can think of sky, those natural elements. So it kind of, it, it promotes this Calms feeling of calm. Right, exactly. So for a business that is spa, or um, it also evokes feelings of, of um, cleanliness. So that's why we often see hospitals, doctor's offices, those, they utilize those blue colors. Um, on the flip, which is really interesting about blue, is you'll, it's unlikely that you'll find um, too many restaurants or uh, dinnerware, plateware that is blue. Um, and the theory behind that is because mold is blue. So we don't want to associate blue with something that is appetizing. So um, that would be like blue. Um, let's see, red, we think of urgency. We think of um, maybe even danger or, you know, something uh, sudden, immediate now. So I wouldn't use something like red or I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't recommend using something like red, um, you know, again, for that spa example. So there are certain, every single color that we can think of, there are certain pieces that we can kind of take from your brand or take from what you want to represent. Brown, we see brown in nature, whether it's on, you know, the bark of a tree. So you'll find uh, a lot of um, holistic, natural companies, you'll see them using um, different shades of brown. And so that kind of just promotes that feeling of this is health-based, this is natural. So I, I really love digging into that. And oftentimes, you know, we'll find, oh my gosh, the colors that I'm using currently on my website or the colors I'm using in my logo totally don't represent what it is I'm trying to communicate. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's subconscious. So, you know, if you have a logo, if, again, I keep going back to the spa example, but you have a red logo for your spa, um, you're not directly telling people that your spa is emergent and dangerous but they're looking at this color and they're getting the sort of the indirect feeling so it's really fun to dig into that and to help people you know this light bulb moment of like oh my god I'm totally I need to reevaluate these colors that I've been using yeah yeah and it's weird that people's logos that they've always had and we've grown up with kind of trigger things too. Like I'm thinking of Subway in my head right now. And I'm like, oh, green and yellow. It's like fresh. Mm-hmm. Like how their thing was eat fresh, Absolutely. whether it's fresh or not. That, that's what we grew up with on commercials. And so we start to associate those colors with that just based on other people's logos. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's interesting. Um, so I, like, I have a question. So my logo is very bright and colorful and it has uh, basically is kind of like tie-dye into each other mm-hmm. of the bright blue and the bright yellow and the bright pink. Can we talk about holiday branding for a second? <laughs> and like at Christmas time or even at Halloween or whatever, that that's not the, the, the colors that I want to put off. Mm-hmm. Um, how do, like, how do I tie that into Canva uh, content creation during that time of year to kind of still That's a good question. You were just talking about like your flavor of your brand can flow. And so I'm assuming with holidays too, how do you suggest do you suggest like those colors but in like a muted form? Like what 
what would you say? That's an excellent question. Um, with holidays or even adversely in the summer, let's say you're a company that has like really deep muted tones. Um, with holidays specifically, I agree with you. It, it is a little um, conflicting to have bright, you know, these sort of not neon necessarily, but these really bright colors in a holiday season. So if you think about color mixing, let's say you're making a painting and you want to make, let's say a color would be like orange, for example. So in order to make orange a little bit darker or a little bit more neutral, you would add a little bit of blue. So for your logo, let's say you feature orange in your logo, for the holiday season, one thing you could consider is taking that orange hue and applying a little bit of blue to it so it starts to sort of um, deepen a little bit, but you're still maintaining that orange color. So it creates more of more of a neutral, darker version of your brand's color. So you're not totally veering away from what it is that's familiar to your business, but you're, you're giving the seasonal feeling. So that's something that I see um, fairly often and, and adversely, you know, on the other side, let's say you have, like I said, deeper colors or yours, Christina, if let's say it's springtime, we often see pastels in the spring and you want to have something softer taking your color and adding small amounts of white so it becomes a little bit softer a little bit um you know that springy feeling you're still maintaining your brand you're still maintaining that familiarity but you're just being a little more seasonal with it so I think that's a really it's a pretty easy way to kind of experiment with playing around with your colors but it's a really good practice for sure um, and then let me ask a specific question about Canva because I know you love Canva. That's your jam. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that I want to start doing on Jenny and my small business sisters page for social is because our end goal, obviously, with our audience is different than our two businesses. I really want to start pulling uh, quotes that people say while they're on the podcast to then get people to listen to that episode and so I want to chat making um, a quote graphic real quick. And what is what are your tips as far as um, should those always look the same when they're posted? And what is the best kind of look for that? Is it very plain? Is it adding in a few graphics of as far as, you know, where you see the, the quotes or what? What is your advice? Because I know a lot of people like posting like sale posts um, for theirs. Like, should those be in there? Uh, all of the same fonts and the same colors. Mm-hmm. What What's your advice on that? I generally, that's a really good question. Um, with social media in particular, um, I always caution to be careful to not be too salesy in your posts. It's sort of that 80-20 concept so social media at the end of the day is about connection and having your audience connect to you so um, when it comes to sales posts or or quote posts like you're mentioning I like to have a somewhat you know consistent template which you can create in Canva 
um, with quotes, the way that I favor uh, designing quotes and posting quotes, because I do think it lends a ton to your credibility as a business owner. It helps people understand what they're, what they could expect from you. Um, just as a broad, you know, design that I favor that I often use is I take an image from whichever podcast, let's say, for example, um, take an image and then I would apply a square over that image centered. And then I would bring the transparency down of that square to, let's say, like 50%. I would insert mm-hmm. the quote, just simply type it out put it over that transparent square. So you still, it's interesting because you're getting the same styling, but you're getting different images behind that quote. So it kind of, you know, it correlates with whatever that podcast topic was, or let's say it's like Jenny, for example, let's say you have a particular uh, candle scent that is popping and someone wrote a really great review for it having an image particularly of that scent and then putting that transparent quote over it with consistent Mm -hmm. colors, consistent font. So it starts to become familiar, but you still have that Mm -hmm. unique image behind it. So for the studio, Mm -hmm. that's a way that I often um, create graphics for reviews. And I think just in general, I feel like it works pretty effectively. I like that idea. That's a great idea. Me okay, because then it's like changing a little bit from the image, but mm-hmm. the consistency mm-hmm. is the same. Yeah, That's exactly. Good. People yeah, get fatigued. Both, yeah. Yes. And Jenny is definitely like loves mixing prints and mixing just like in her vibe, right? Like lots of colors. And I'm the exact same way. Part My pocket tee started because I mixed and matched Um styles and so sometimes the matchy match drives me crazy and like so the brand consistency I understand and like have knowledge of it but it also I'm like oh I don't like seeing like the matchy match uh feeds and things like that so I was wondering you're exactly right what you thought about that so I like that idea yeah the audience gets fatigued I mean if uh if we see the same exact styling the same exact graphics uh it becomes white noise frankly. Mm-hmm. So maintaining some elements, some pieces to where it's still familiar. I know I'm looking at pocket tees. I know I'm looking at Jenny's candles, maintaining some of those pieces, but, you know, switching out the graphic or, or switching out the level. image that's, you know, avoiding that fatigue or people going, oh, here we go. Here's another, I thought I read this graphic before. I guess it's a different one. So that's, yeah. I think that's a really good way to, to, reflect your also style of having them mixy matchy and you know not being super stagnant in your style what is so whenever you ship your item and it shows up at somebody's house it's obviously like the brand itself is now being represented in this package and you have an insert that says thank you mm-hmm. or whatever you wanted to say what are some key elements that those thank you cards should have I always recommend handwriting them if you have the opportunity to, even just if it's a small little blurb. Let's say you have a pre-printed card um, with a generic thank you, whatever, but just a, simply just a note that's handwritten speaks volumes to an audience, um, emphasizing, you know, you made the choice to shop small. You made the intentional 
choice to shop independently, shop small, really consider your uh, gratitude and pour pour that into that card. But the number one thing is some a little sentence or two handwritten. I mean, I I can't tell you I shop small often, and the packages I receive that have something handwritten speak volumes to me as opposed to just a printed card that gets shipped off so dedicating an hour or something each week or every other few days to kind of sit down and think about gratitude and how you can reflect that in your writing that's the number one piece um also always linking back or typing back that you know that idea of a call to action so if you loved this i would love for you to visit our website here's our website here's our social media include a QR code so people can just scan it and and hop right over to all of that stuff. Um, anything that's shipping out or that's print media, optimize that opportunity and, and plug your website, plug anything, plug an event that you might be having. So, um, but like I said, the number one thing I think that is the most impactful is, is the something about gratitude and it's handwritten. Yeah, I that's like really that good advice. Yeah, because that's what really, at the end of the day, like separates us from from Target non, or non-small shops. Right, yeah, right. Love Target, but they don't like, handwrite notes to you. Right, right. <laughs> so, like adding those. So maybe it because that's something I'm not great at. Like my sometimes I see people on Instagram with their packaging, and it's like gorgeous and so many things and I'm that's not my strong suit and I see the value in it but I also like one of my values is Mm eco-friendliness and not a lot of waste and so mine like I reuse shipping materials so I've tried to like include that though in my writing or on my card of like here's why it kind of is not as aesthetically (laughs) pleasing because this is one of my values so I like that your point about even just adding the personal touch of writing a note, mm-hmm. no matter what everything the packaging looks like, like that goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Even a, a quick note on, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that you apologize for the packaging. <laughs> Don't create a problem <laughs> that doesn't exist. But <laughs> yeah, I think that you're you're speaking to your value of not, you know, buying sixty five reams of tissue paper and stickers and all of this and um, that personal note is way it speaks much louder than that yeah I like that so whenever somebody comes to meet with you well first we need to touch on because we have a lot of people that do live close to you mm-hmm. but we also have a lot of people that don't live close to you so is this a service that is offered virtually yeah absolutely I'm working with a gal from Arizona right now um we just have phone calls or Zoom meetings, and it works beautifully. Um, so much of what we do uh, can be done virtually, and it's it really doesn't take away from the from the process or the experience. Aside from that, um, we have studio hours. You can book time with me, and you just come on in. We're right up, we're on Van Buren in downtown Batavia. If you're local to that area, so we have a big open space, lots of room to kind of collaborate and have these conversations and the one thing about the studio is 
like Vegas, what happens in the studio or the conversations (laughs) that we have in the studio stay there. So that, you know, especially as you're starting your business, it's kind of fragile and it's really delicate and you don't necessarily, you're still figuring out your phrasing and you're figuring out the process. So know that if you come into the studio to chat with either myself or Lisa or Jamie, it stays there. Mm-hmm. And I would, okay, so I am a member mm-hmm. at Start Something. So let, I'm going to give my little testimonial. <laughs> uh, what I love about it, not only are Lisa, Jamie, and Ellen great resources, but there there is always, or yeah, there's always other people in there too, members. So like there are times that I'm able to bounce things off of other members. Um, that's just a great resource. It's like a little small business community. And I, I'm going to give two examples. I don't think it's giving away your services. So everyone should go book with Ellen too. But these are two specific things she helped me with. Um, my candle mood boxes. Mm-hmm. I said one of the um, – if you become a member, one of the things in one of the tiers is you get monthly meetings with any of the girls. And so I think that meeting was with Jamie and Ellen. Mm-hmm. And I was like – okay, here's my idea. I want to create a candle mood box, but I need help coming up with like the each mood. And so that's something like, yeah, I could do on my own, but having the accountability to do it right there and get mm-hmm. it done and have their mm-hmm. ideas and like hear from, it's almost like this, a survey process because you're getting feedback from real life people. So they helped mm-hmm. me develop my mood boxes. Um, and then most recently I met with Ellen because um, I was frustrated with like, I have the later app for social media scheduling. I mean, Christina helps me with social media, like voice, but I was like, I don't, I'm just overwhelmed with all the things. And she like walked me through Again, this makes me feel old. It used to be called Business Suite, but it's called what? Meta now? Don't feel old. Mm-hmm. It is it's, it's old. That's it is, an old person thing. Way. My voice tells me all the time. But yes, you're right. It used to be Business Suite. It's now Meta. Meta. And it was so helpful. Everyone needs to just go get on Meta. If you get overwhelmed by like going on your personal Facebook and then like it take like circling you through your business page, like Meta, it's just all there, Instagram and Facebook. You can schedule all your posts. You can look at insights, like how things are performing. You can do your ads right there. I just felt like that was super life-changing for me to have someone be like, no, no, this is how you do it. (laughs) (laughs) And that was really helpful. So the uh, start something's just great because it's really, like you could go really deep, but you could go really practical and be like, I'm overwhelmed with this. Just show me how to do it. So Meta has been really good, Ellen. Have you been using it? You've been kind of playing I've been, yes, because, okay, so you can do your reels in there too. So what I've been doing is doing my reel and then taking pictures from it and doing my Facebook post right there. So like they're both getting that same content without having to switch apps and go to like, you know, I don't know. For me, that it's just very helpful. Saves you time. Good yeah. student. So, yep. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> I love it. I really do. I, so, Ellen, I I have a few questions for you yeah. before we wrap up. The And we ask all of our people this. Um, so I'll try to remember because, again, it's been a bit. The first is if you could give one piece of advice to someone just brand new starting 
um, their business, what would that one piece of advice be? That's a really excellent question. There is no niche too small. Your, your idea does not have to be gigantically broad. You can have a, I mean, gosh, there are businesses that speak to the smallest of audiences. So run with your idea. And same with art or anything that I approach artistically. I view everything as practice. And if it works out well, that's killer. But as you're starting out, you have a business idea. Take the pressure off of yourself to make it into a you know, gigantic Amazon scale business. Take your idea and run with it and make sure it feels authentic to you and it aligns with your values and your morals. That's really good. And then um, this is directed just at, at you. We don't ask other people this, but what are your three, like t- when you think of Canva, what are your three top things that it does? Um, so number one is your, uh, it holds all of your brand elements into one spot, which is fantastic. It saves you a whole boatload of time. Um, so having all of your brand pieces right there, saved in a folder. So when you are creating graphics, it's there. Um, the, if you're not a person who, you know, has a design eye or, you know, that's just not your strength. Canva employs designers to create templates that are, that, you know, that make sense visually, the flow makes sense. So you can take those templates and customize them to your business. As a note, I always recommend at least make three edits to those so they're not super generic. Um, Third benefit to Canva, um, gosh, there's so many. It, Canva is fantastic because you can create the type of media you can create from Canva ranges from social media graphics all the way to like letterheads for your business um, or stickers or apparel they just added. So it's... Yeah, it's how I make my labels. Is it? Okay. So it's it's mm-hmm. really in a lot of ways a one-stop shop. And like I said, with, that, with your brand pieces being in one place, um, it kind of eliminates that need for things like Illustrator or Photoshop. If you're, you know, if you're not already familiar with those, that's a. It took me a lot of time to learn those <laughs> um, sort of platforms. So, Canva's crazy, um, user friendly, really accessible, um, really affordable as well, and it it just it has nearly everything you could need graphic wise. And then the last question, and we do ask everybody this, what's one thing you've purchased for your small business that like changed the game for you? Ooh, good question. Like I think Jenny's was her label maker. <laughs> yes, yes, my label printer. And your label printer. I think mine was I think mine was my cricket that cuts fabric. <laughs> I'm going to say this is kind of around, uh, this is kind of like a variant of your question. I'm going to say the best investment that I've made into the studio um, would be, I painted a mural on our wall. Um, So we have like a. And it's beautiful. Thank you. I I couldn't Do we have a picture in front of it, Jenny? 
I have to get a picture. I don't know. It's it. new since you've been there. Oh, it's Christina. new. Okay. Yeah, it's new. It's really yes. Uh, Ellen, we didn't even like touch on this, but she's like an awesome artist. And don't you do pottery too? <laughs> yes, pottery is my jam, but I do love painting as well. But that um, investment of time and resource into that mural lent some just a a new sort of flavor feeling into the studio that you know it's obviously a resource for for our members that come in but it also helps me feel connected with the studio in a way it's it's you know a touch of my own so I think that's probably my roundabout way of answering that (laughs) perfect well we're so grateful that you came on and spent um, our first podcast back with an interview and um if I'm, we're going to give everybody your information on how to get in touch with you, if that's something that they want to move forward with for their business, um, because you shared some really great knowledge, but I can only imagine like that one-on-one with you and the collaboration piece of what you do. And so thank you for sharing with us what you did, because as all of our interviews, we know that that's giving away some free information, but We hope um, that people go follow you and um, choose to work with you and just help get their branding, um, you know, out there into the world. So thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. It was so much fun (laughs) chatting with you. Jen, that felt a little rusty. Yeah, we are a little rusty. Interviewing somebody. (laughs) That's that's okay. That's one of our values, our brand pillars. (laughs) authenticity but I I liked I just was like trying to go back into interview mode of really listening and trying to get some information that um you know like how could she help teach us a little bit so I liked having her on and I love and she's so great um, to do that like she is a good one to do first because she's you know Mm -hmm. super nice I know. I don't know her, but I can already tell she's very calm and reassuring and – Yeah, and just like a really good cheerleader. Yeah, I could tell that. I like Ellen. Mm -hmm. Um, She reminds me of our sister Ellie a little bit. your favorite thing about it? Yeah. Really? They're similar. Um, But yeah, like Ellen always has your back. We would all get along then. Um, I know. I loved that. What was your favorite thing from it? I loved what we were talking about off – Mike <laughs> before we started recording and then I forgot to bring it back up again but Ellen had talked about well we had mentioned like why we took a break from small business sisters a little bit to like um you mm-hmm. were pivoting in what your small business looked like with your full-time job I was pivoting like in my mom life mm-hmm. and that was having an effect on my small business um and she just talked about how it's that's okay, and it's good to like creative, creatively. Wait, is that the right word? Creatively, like reset. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I liked how mm-hmm. then she kind of. She was basically saying like it's good to like pivot and reset yeah, to, to, to then keep help your yourself feet. creatively. Yes, yes, that's right. To like kind of as a reset or recharge, it's okay to pivot mm-hmm. and like take breaks. Mm-hmm. And I like how mm-hmm. um, we were talking about her mural painting. And I feel like that's just such a great way, especially as us as small business owners, we're usually creators to do things that are outside of our business that are still creative because mm-hmm. 
even though we love mm-hmm. our small businesses, it's so good to just be creative where there's no pressure to sell anything. There's no pressure to mm-hmm. meet any like deadlines or demands. And I like that Ellen's been able to keep that alive like through her art. I think is really good. But then her Mm -hmm. art helps her as like the brand coordinator with um, the studio members. So, yeah, I I, that's one thing I have found because I know we haven't um, been on a ton since we took our since I pivoted into my full time job is I really have found my creativity spark again because I'm not. Like we've talked about this, my personality just – I didn't want to be in my office 24 hours a day um, trying to be Mm -hmm. creative. And so I have found that I like enjoy and have a spark of like, oh, this would look good creatively um, now that it's almost like that avenue for me so I don't get burnt out of my other job. So. That's been yeah. That's been good. I highly recommend everybody having something outside of their yeah. norm. And I think it's okay, especially that is the beauty of being a small business owner. Um, I listened to a podcast recently that talked about the pandemic and how small business owners were able to shift and pivot so quickly. And that's where we, that set us apart from the big box stores who – they couldn't shift super Mm. quickly because they have all this inventory and all these Mm long-term marketing plans. And so I think as small business owners, we need to lean into that, that it's okay to take six-week breaks on the podcast and like tend to other things. Like it's okay to Mm -hmm. change what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like maybe always reevaluate your vision and mission. And as long as it's in align with Mm -hmm. it, I think that's fine. But I just wanted to – Yeah, and I think we talked about this in the maybe beginning of the summer of if you can – because this is your busy season as a gifting business, um, if you can allocate a budget where it can cover you maybe the first six weeks weeks of the year where you don't have to run your small business during that time and because January is already like a really slow month for small businesses – um, I think that that if you can like plan for that now, I personally think that that would help me really, um, in the creative mm-hmm. space, um, giving me that, that time where I don't have to like rush and have a turnaround on things that in January don't, you know, sell well right. anyways, instead prepping to have that time off. If, if someone is wanting to do that, I think that's a great time for it, but you would have to start kind of planning now right. for that. Yeah, well, I just wanted to share the contact info if anyone listening is interested in meeting with Ellen or anyone at Start Something Studio. Um, I didn't realize they could do it virtually too, so that's awesome. Not You can go if you're local to Batavia, Illinois, because they have in-person facilities to meet and like network and then a whole photo studio like with backdrops if you want to take product photos or service you photos, um, but they do it virtually too. So uh, their website is startsomething.studio and that will take you to all their information. There's membership levels. You can do a free consultation just to see if it's a good fit um, or I, I'm pretty sure you can do just one-off meetings if you want. Um, and then their Instagram and Facebook is also startsomething.studio and Ellen, Jamie, and Lisa can help you. So, 
If you love the podcast, we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together. For more content, go follow us on Instagram at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses. And if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast, visit smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com.